Swanson to first. to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Well, hello there. Episode number 111 of Four Future Considerations. I'm John Rashad, loving springtime and the beautiful weather. Who better to spend it with than my good friends Matt and Manny? Guys, are you loving this weather or what? Rashad, I, I didn't know you had internet out in the hammock in the backyard there. Look at you, tied between two palm trees. It looks like you're on vacation back there. That's right. You look marvelous. You've got shorts on and a pair of snow boots. It's amazing how you're able to pull off that look. And might I say a bit bronzed as well. <laughs> wearing the connect toque as always you know yeah i didn't realize you had the copper tan lotion out there <laughs> looks great rashad bruno, bruno grabbing your speedo from behind and taking that picture <laughs> it's iconic really what do your neighbors think like they look out the window and see you out there I know. I'm like, stop taking pictures, guys. God. They're, they're <laughs> the only ones with snowbirds in the summer. <laughs> like, Jill's got to be upset. You, all these people are knocking on your door. Like, blow your roll, John. That's right. No wonder why the population of Markdale quadruples in the summer, right? <laughs> they call it cottage country, but I don't know. <laughs> just do us a favor tell jill to take a picture of you in this outfit so we we can post it on social media yes this would be the new logo somehow i like it <laughs> john single-handedly lost us all of our followers in one week oh great to be together boys if you missed our last episode oh you missed one of the greatest episodes in podcast history, not in just our history, in podcast history. We got a letter from Apple uh, a couple days ago. It was just like, <laughs> guys, we might just shut it down. How are we getting better than this? We had Fred Wallace on episode 110. Go back and listen to that one. It was not four and a half hours, but it was fantastic. Likely one of the best, uh, if not the best guests that we've had on the show so far. That's right. We heard from a couple of people, actually, who thought you were serious when you said it was a four-hour interview. Uh, we gave you the entire interview, we promise, but we could spend four and a half hours easily with Fred. We heard so many uh, people with their comments. Brian said he doubled over laughing. Deb, Rob, Larry, Leanne, and Zach all said they loved it. Scott said the talk about the Attack Championship brought back some great memories. And Keith said he couldn't stop laughing on his drive while listening to the podcast. So uh, make sure you're careful while you're driving there. We don't want you to drive Driving off the road. Yeah, now we got to put a damn warning at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Come on, people. Oh, that was great. Like, we had enough questions and enough notes and enough memories to ask Fred that we could have gone four and a half hours. But yes. we really were taking into account your safety because we knew some of you would be listening while driving. So uh, we we got some of the good stuff in there for you. Also want to say thanks to Dave Gross and Tony Ambrosio, two of our earlier guests who helped us out with some memories to ask Fred about. They loved that episode too. 
Yeah, please go back and enjoy that one. Uh, pour yourself a little, uh, maybe a little red wine, whatever Margarita Rashad's had, having right now out in his deck, and just sit back and enjoy that one. And uh, I dare you not to laugh when Fred just starts laughing and you don't even know what he's talking about most of the time. He just starts laughing and <laughs> it sets everybody right off. It's infectious, right? It's it really infectious. Is. It really is. <laughs> and I hate to point out to Fred, though, that the attack are on a uh, point streak ever since he hasn't been at the Bayshore. They haven't, uh, they've gotten at least a point in every game since he hasn't been there. So oh, sure. I don't know if he's... R- uh, rub it in, Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> he may not want to come back if they're on such a roll right now. I blame the Jumbotron operator. that's right go back and listen to fred listen to dave gross listen to tony ambrosio and stay tuned we have another great guest coming up on this week's edition of the ot we will have that announcement at the end of this episode so stay tuned and on this the first episode of the week we debate and there is plenty to debate on this edition today grizzly takeaway shot oh good seven original rebound hall big two by flurry Boy, the Flowers been great in the last two shifts. They could have scored three different times. It's the day after the NHL trade deadline, and Marc-Andre Fleury is no longer with the Chicago Blackhawks. He didn't get traded to Toronto. He's now a member of the Minnesota Wild. The Wild also picked up Jacob Middleton from the San Jose Sharks. Guys, do you like what the Wild did? Yeah, I like the move. Um, you know, I think I think goaltending was an area that uh, I know Bill Guerin had spoken about uh, previously, uh, wanting to address, I think, Marc-Andre Fleury was the the best goaltender that was available and and I would suggest maybe the only goaltender of really any impact that would have been available at the deadline. Um, so uh, for for Minnesota, it's a, it's a good swing. I mean, they're they're in a tough uh, a tough division, a tough spot for sure. Uh, where they're sitting right now, um, point back at the time that we record this is St. Louis uh, for for second place in their division. They're not going to catch Colorado to win that division, so they're likely going to end up having to play uh, in that first round, you're, you're playing either St. Louis, maybe Nashville, if, if Nashville gets uh, gets in there. So um, both teams that have had success with their goaltending and, and you're trying to match that. And, and I think Marc-Andre Fleury does that. I mean, Cam Talbot's not the answer for sure. Um, and they, they have to take a, a swing here. And, and I think that's the, if you're going to do it, that would have been the goalie to do it at the deadline. Yeah, I agree. I think we're all big fans of Flurry, and we've said so here on this podcast a few times that he maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves, even though he does get some credit. Um, I think that was a brilliant move by them, and they really needed to shore up their goaltending in that division, like you said, Matt. Yeah, I like the move too, because it's it's not a true first rounder that they give up. It's a second rounder that be, can become a first rounder if they have success, if they go all the way to the Western Conference Final and Flurry gets four wins on the way there. So if that's how far you're going, then you don't mind paying that price for Marc-Andre Fleury. And they add a defenseman in Jacob Middleton from the San Jose Sharks, uh, which I think is a good move because Minnesota got off to that great start and then they've been sliding of late. Mm -hmm. They needed to do something to lift up that roster. And I think this does. Totally agree with you guys. Fleury was the best goaltender on the market. The Toronto Maple Leafs did end up with Mark Giordano in a deal with Seattle. What do you guys think of that move? And did the Leafs do enough? I like the Mark Giordano move. Matt, I know you talked about it in last week's show. 
Uh, I really like the Mark Giordano move, especially since the Leafs didn't give up a first rounder. They gave up a couple of second rounders and they got a, they got a center out of it, a depth center out of it too. I just don't know if the Leafs did enough here. I, I, I've been saying on this podcast that uh, if they weren't going to get a goaltender, they needed to get at least two defensemen. And uh, they got one, Mark Giordano. He can play power play. He can play penalty kill. He can fit in your top four. He can play over 20 minutes a hockey game. But I don't know if they did enough. No, I don't think they did. I think they needed, like you said, they needed a another defenseman and possibly a goalie. And one defenseman, I don't think it's going to get be enough to really make a difference to give them a good, solid, long playoff run. Well, this isn't much of a debate if we all just agree with each other. So I think the Leafs have done just a great job. I think they're Stanley Shut Cup up. right now. Mark Giordano is, is probably going to take the C from Tavares when he shows up and take that team to the promised lands, start putting out your lawn chairs on Bay Street, it's finally happening, Leafs fans. Oh, my God. You can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Says who? <laughs> I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> the, uh, it, it's crazy to think, though, um, because the Leafs have a really good team. But when you look at who they could face, a.k.a. the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round of the playoffs – that's what makes me feel like they haven't done enough. Yeah, and for for Giordano too, I think there's going to be a, a ton of pressure on him, just like anybody else that comes in there. He's really the only guy that they get. Although this Blackwell kid's pretty sneaky good, I, I like him for for what he's what he is and what he's going to represent for for that team. But uh, you look at just specifically um, Mark Giordano's time on ice in the last few games that he's played. 20 minutes and 50 seconds, 18.30, 20 minutes, 20 seconds, 23 minutes, 24 minutes. I mean, there are going to be nights that Giordano is going to have to play upwards of 30 on, on that roster um, in, in those important games. And I think he's a great player. I think he's kind of the character guy that they're looking for. Um, but the one thing that he doesn't have for me that I would like the Leafs to get in that room is some actual playoff success. He is very good player, good locker room guy, obviously well-liked, the first captain in crap, cap, uh, crack in history. I say that 10 times fast. But he's also a guy that does not have a lot of either playoff success or playoff experience. And, and I think they need ultimately what they were trying to do with the – older guys they were bringing in the the Marlowe and the Joe Thornton and them was to try to put some of that into the mix and into their their fabric a little bit for the culture part of things um, because none of these guys in that room have any good playoff experience and I mean he he played 10 playoff games in 2019 2020 and other than that flames have been swept twice and lost in five games. So he also doesn't bring a lot of experience at that end that I think the Leafs are really going to miss out on. There were plenty of other moves too. Montreal Canadiens fans were all over our Twitter account sharing this play by Arturi Lykanen after he got traded. Chance for Pacioretty and now back the other way. It's Denouian.
and that's podcast FFC. If you're not following us on social media yet, what did you guys think of the Montreal Canadiens moves and the moves by the other Canadian teams? Well, since I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan, I'll touch on them. I, I like the moves. Um, by the way, my phone was blowing up on Monday. I don't know if yours was, Matt. Like with all the Lekkonen resharing of that post, it was unbelievable. I'm still getting likes from Jason Duresh's goal of the Leamington Flyers and that damn soccer goal that happened three and a half years ago. Two Olympics later, that one's still getting likes. <laughs> I loved that the Lekkonen post was getting shared. I thought it, it was, was the best, it was. best thing ever. If I think about it, Montreal traded six players, including McNiven going back to Toffoli, Chirac, Kulak, Lekkonen, Hammond. They get six players in, or six players out, five players in. Three of them are 20-year-olds, which is fantastic, I think, as part of a rebuild. And they get seven draft picks, including two firsts and two seconds. I think the Montreal Canadiens did a fantastic job at this deadline. I love the Hughes and Gorton move so far. I don't know if you guys want to speak to any of the Montreal Canadiens moves, but I'm interested to hear what you guys say about the other Canadian teams. Rashad, about your Vancouver Canucks. With Montreal, I just think it's it's so sad that we were uh, so excited about their playoff run, and then you look at where they are now, and it's it's got to suck for you, Manny. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, listen, it, it does suck. At the beginning of the season, it sucked, but now I'm over it. I'm now I'm right, over. Right. Now I'm I'm now I'm ready to move on and look to the future. What are your Canucks do, doing? They do they want to live in mediocrity? Like what are they doing? I wonder if they're thinking that maybe if they give Boudreaux an entire year to see what he can do because the team was ignited after he arrived and I really thought they weren't going to make the playoffs anyway. I know everyone was talking about me being a pessimist and I just thought they'd lost too many games. Um, at the beginning of the year to make up the ground. So I wonder if they'll make some moves in the offseason and then give Boudreaux a clean slate and try and do something from the start of the season because, yeah, this season it looks like they've written it off. Are they going to trade JT Miller in the offseason? Brock Besser in the offseason? What are they doing? I don't think so. I think they're going to stand pat with those guys. That's my bold prediction. There you go. I like what the Calgary Flames did. Uh, I think uh, for for a deadline, and maybe these aren't even deadline deals when you look. I mean, Tyler Toffoli was dealt in the middle of February, um, and they go and get Yarnalk as well from uh, from Nashville. So I think that was a pretty good move for them as well. Um, I think Calgary is is one of the more dangerous teams in the Western Conference, uh, and they don't look like they're slowing down at all. Um, they've so uh, you know for for the small moves that they made, they may not have made a big splash, but they certainly added, and you can kind of tell what kind of team they're going to be. Um, so I think they've put themselves in a in a pretty good spot um, as well heading into the playoffs. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my God. And now it's time for our play of the week, and a hockey play ends the basketball winning streak. About a minute remaining in the London power play. Strong just hit across the line. Dango scores. Highlight real goal. Antonio Strongers. Dallas Stars prospect Antonio Strongers goes coast to coast to score a beauty for the London Knights to grab our top honors. How, did that hurt coming out of your mouth, Rashad, saying London Knights? Ugh, yes. It's like toxic. 
Coast to coast to score a beauty, he said. <laughs> That's a pretty sick goal, though. Yeah. That was a pr- oh, it was. Edge work's unreal. Yeah. And, like, coast to coast is one thing, but didn't even touch him. You didn't even touch him. It's one thing to, like, dangle a couple of guys and you got to use your arm to get around somebody or something. You didn't even touch him. The way he split the D was unreal. Like they were pylons. (laughs) Standing still. That's like us staring at each other when a 10 walks by when they're on the streets of Chicago. They're just like, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> he's coming real fast. Oh, geez, he's gone. <laughs> I really like the cheerleader play, too. I, that, got, that got some good votes. The, they saved the basketball in the March Madness tournament. I thought that was fantastic, too. That was a great move. That's got to be the most viewed play of the week for uh, internationally. I think everybody has seen that. It was on every newscast I saw that day. It was amazing. Yeah, that was fantastic. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows. And you will see the plays of the week. You're going to see old soccer highlights. Uh, You're going to see some of the the best of the best in the world of sports all the time. Podcast FFC. It never sleeps. This Twitter and Instagram. Uh, You can find that. And for future considerations on Facebook as well. So on Mondays, we will pick the four that you will choose from. You get a chance to vote and share and like and follow and upload and download and uh, surf and whatever else. And then on Wednesday, we're going (laughs) to, that's all the internet terms I know. And then on Wednesday, we're going to find out who you pick to be the winner. Oh, Matt, you should run. Matt's runs our social media account from now on because he's got all the terminology down pat. He knows what's going on. Somehow it's just going to be like, semicolons and emojis the only thing we're going to be posting for, for no reason whatsoever the only piece of the keyboard that I know do something a little confused face with the finger on his mouth <laughs> Matt wrote a hashtag but he put the word hashtag that's not how that works <laughs> we're going to be huge boys we're going to be huge <laughs> and now let's talk some football because there was plenty of offseason action there too. Devontae Adams signing with the Raiders and Deshaun Watson being traded to Cleveland. Watson rolling right. Watson takes it upfield, cuts back. Can he get in? He can! Touchdown! The Browns not only traded five draft picks, including three first-rounders, to Houston for Watson, but they gave him $230 million fully guaranteed over five years. What do you guys think of that move? Well, it's the second time in NFL history that three first-round picks have ever been traded. So, obviously, that does not happen very often. Who's the first? Uh, it's Herschel Walker. Got a boy. I got you. I got you. Not only can he run our social media account, he knows his football hey, trivia, boys. I looked up one interesting stat for the day's episode, and you just heard it. So, you can <laughs> shut this one off, and we'll talk to you on Friday. <laughs> He's out. He's going to watch 90 Day Fiance. So long, boy. Showmanship. Um, I mean, that is, that's a great haul for Houston, considering they held on to this guy and all the trouble that they've had with him uh, on the field, off the field, and everything else, that, that they got a boatload for him. Um, I don't know if this is just a, a panic move by the Browns uh, because they felt like they're close and that they were – 
uh, contending for a while and hadn't been and felt like they got to keep something going. It's a lot of money uh, over five years uh, for a guy who has not really played very well, even in the last couple of seasons or at all. Um, and it's going to have a suspension or something upcoming as well. Uh, it's, I mean, it's an upgrade if you're going to go straight one for one, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, but man, oh man, that's, that's uh, the table I would not be pulling my chips into. What do you guys, just to sort of pull something out of left field here quickly, what do you guys make of this owners now with fully guaranteed contracts in the NFL when they fought so hard to never bring that in and they keep offering guys more and more guaranteed money? Well, this is football. Football's got more money than they know what to do with, right? Uh, I, I think in other sports, sure. it's it's a, it's a more of a factor. But I think it's the only reason Deshaun Watson ended up in Cleveland. If you remember the talk, the day before, he ruled out going to Cleveland and took the Browns yeah. off his list. So I think the only thing that changed his mind was, we'll give you $230 million fully guaranteed. And he's like, okay, I'm going to get paid. So yeah. I'm going. Like I give Houston credit. They stuck to their guns. They, they've always said we want at least three first-rounders, and they yeah. got it. Like, yeah, you did good. Usually teams move on that. For Cleveland, I think it makes them a legitimate contender. The only problem is you've got so many other really good teams in the AFC, not just the league. To get to the final, you've got to get past some really good teams a.k.a. Kansas City, a.k.a. Buffalo, Cincinnati, which is in your division, already went to the Super Bowl. Denver got better. San Diego's better. Las Vegas got Devontae Adams. So it's not it's not a guarantee. So that's a lot of money. Plus, Watson's going to be suspended, right? Six games mm-hmm. at least. I got to figure six games, two months, possibly knowing the history of the NFL when it comes to sexual assault suspensions. Um, oh, he might get one half. <laughs> May do, will that will that will nine wins get you in if he misses seven weeks, eight weeks? It doesn't get you in. So my thinking is that Cleveland thinks its window is larger than just this year. Cleveland thinks that they'll bite the bullet this year but they'll be a contender next year. I do think they're better with Deshaun Watson than Baker Mayfield. It's how long will Watson be on the field this year? Yeah, and then there's something about it too, and you kind of hit on him anyway. This isn't rapid fire, right? We don't have to be fast right now, do we? No, no, It's something that irks me about a guy that takes the team off the list. They come up with a ton of money. And now all of a sudden he's he's all back in. Like if I'm the guys in the in the locker room, like you know, Cleveland is probably a pretty good place for him to hide because he's going to deal with um, obviously the fallout of, of all of the issues that he's he's had. Cleveland's so desperate for a winner, they'll take anybody, the fan base. But if you're in the room and you're like, you they took them off the list, like that was like 48 hours ago. Yeah. That you said that Cleveland's not on the list. We now give you a fully guaranteed deal. I don't know if I can believe this guy when he walks in the room saying that he's ready to win and ready to turn the Browns into a Super Bowl contender. That That's just 
you know, that's background noise now, and, now for me. And there was a lot of criticism among fans in Cleveland, too, that the owners really had to come out and release a statement on the weekend uh, facing that condemnation for signing Deshaun Watson with all the legal issues that he's had. Um, I, I think you're right. You know, Cleveland is desperate for a winner, but they obviously think their window is larger than just one year. One thing I'll say for Houston, too, how often do you see a team that has to deal or well, thinks they have to deal a problem player and coming out and possibly, in a lot of people's minds, winning the deal? That rarely ever happens. Usually you give away a guy and you end up having to really, really lose the deal and really take a big hit. And how about some of the other moves? Adams signing with the Raiders and Matt Ryan being traded Monday from Atlanta to Indianapolis. Well, Devontae Adams apparently was already living in Vegas. Um, so, And he's got this relationship <laughs> with Derek Carr. I know Kiefer's a big listener and a big Raiders fan. He's excited about that. But I don't think the Raiders are the best team in that division even though they signed Devontae Adams. The bigger question there is, what's Aaron Rodgers thinking in Green Bay? He signs this big contract, and now his number one receiver is gone. It's going to be even more hilarious when Green Bay drafts a quarterback in the first round with the pick they got from the Raiders. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking a safety if I'm Green Bay. Just... You got to be sure back there. That's secondary. You got to really protect the secondary. <laughs> Wide receivers. I, I'm interested. What do, you, what do you think about Matt Ryan with your Colts? Because you like the Colts moves all the time. I, I like Chris Boward. This one is, again, it just it's another filler spot. I mean, you, you've kind of gone and got Phillip Rivers again, and you've kind of got Carson Wentz again. I mean, he's just an older version of both of those guys. Um, I think the, the Colts uh, are, are either – I mean, there's not a lot of free agent quarterbacks that are starters. Um, Atlanta is going to be picking up $40 million of basically dead money that's going to be on their cap next year. Uh, so it's not going to cost the Colts a ton. They still have a ton of money to go spend, so we'll see what they do with that. I mean, it's pretty – uh, it's pretty un. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really move the the ticker very much um, on that signing. There, there's certainly uh, some opportunity in that division, though. But like you said, the AFC is is a monster. Yeah, you you know what? Frank Reich, the coach, has been there five years and has coached five different quarterbacks. Yeah, talk about and it. has a great and has a great relationship and has a great feeling about all of them too. Yeah. It, it's starting to get a little thin. Talk about stats. We're, we're just putting out information on this podcast that you're not going to get anywhere else. Although I will give you Matt Ryan has only missed one game uh, in the last, I don't know, decade, basically. Yeah. That's remarkable, too. So there, at least mm -hmm. he gives them some stability. It'll still cost the Colts $28 million, I think, a year, which is the going mm -hmm. rate for a quarterback. Probably yeah. even better than... Some of the other going rates, uh, I think he's more accurate than Carson Wentz was, but he's gotten old. He is. I, he doesn't have to be great uh, there. They, they've got, a, you know, Jonathan Taylor's outstanding. They've got a very good defense. He does not have to be great. So as is for play management and making plays at the right time, I think he's much better than Carson Wentz. 
Agreed. Um, certainly not an not an elite uh, quarterback that I think everybody just assumes you're going to go get and fill. But um, how often are you? You can, can you find those guys if you're not going to take them and not going to have those kind of picks in the draft? So I don't even think the Colts go quarterback in the draft, but it's certainly an upgrade just for a guy that you don't really need to be. You know, I, I, all the posts that I saw of like he's he's a not even a top fifteen quarterback in the NFL and such. I'm not sure the Colts need him to be a top ten quarterback to to succeed. And remember, the Colts were a historically horrible loss against Jacksonville the last week of the season away from getting into the playoffs. So they weren't far off from it. Um, I think he's going to be a better decision maker and, and like you said, a better thrower, but he certainly doesn't have to be the be all end all. He's way better than Carson Wentz. I, I don't know yeah. what Washington is doing. Giving up a third rounder could be a second yeah. rounder for him. That's it's unbelievable. Shows you how desperate teams are in the NFL for quarterbacks, right? They are, man. Yep. And there's plenty of baseball to talk to since our last debate show. Matt Chapman was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. Freddie Freeman was signed by the Dodgers. And Trevor Story signed with the Boston Red Sox. What do you guys think of those moves? Uh, I think the uh, the Matt Chapman deal is great for the Blue Jays. Um, gives them uh, another big bat. Um, they have to be the favorite in the American League East right now. Um, I, I would think betting odds probably the best team in the American League overall. Um, you know, Houston and, and the White Sox will have something to say about that, but I, I don't think that there's um, uh, much debate in that right now. Uh, again, for Toronto, it's going to come down to pitching. You're not going to win every game 10 to 9, and uh, they've got a, a decent rotation. They've upgraded. I certainly don't buy into a couple of the, the guys that they have in that rotation that they're counting on yet. But um, I think it's a great move for them. The Freddie Freeman 1-1 is disappointing. Uh, go to L.A. And, and join the super team. And, uh, and, I mean, he got paid. But I think the Braves won out on that one anyways, getting a better player in Matt Olson, who prediction-wise may end up leading the um, National League in home runs this year just because of the park he plays in and, and being a lefty. And the Trevor Story one does absolutely nothing for me. I don't think that really makes Boston – all that much better. He's going to be playing second base there from what I understand. Um, it's probably the next friendliest ballpark that you could possibly play in in the majors. So that may help Trevor Story, but we've talked about him before. He was last on my list of shortstops to get in free agency. I think it's a lot of money again, but I don't think that makes Boston anywhere near uh, a contender at this point. I think they're a fourth place team still. I, I like Boston's chances now with Story. I think if there's one area where he will succeed offensively, other than Colorado, it is Boston. Like, you can hit monsters over the wall there. Over right? the monster, maybe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think they will have some success. Their infield gets better. Devers at third, Bogarts at short, um, and Story now at second base. You got J.D. Martinez in that lineup uh, as far as a DH goes. Um, I don't okay. think they're as good as the Blue Jays. I totally agree with you that the Blue Jays season will come down to their rotation. I do think their rotation is better. Ryu, Barrios, Gossman, Manoa, Kikuchi. Is that how you say that guy's name? Um, I think that's a pretty good rotation. You And you have Nate Pearson waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Dodd, mm-hmm. Freeman, Freeman's bat basically replaces Seager's bat, right, in the L.A. lineup. Seager goes yeah. to Texas. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I I think the Blue Jays and the Dodgers are the teams to beat when you look at their respective AL NL conferences. I'm surprised you like the Red Sox. I didn't like them until Trevor Story. You know, I think yeah. I think the Trevor Story bat in Fenway, like if I didn't like yeah. I didn't like him at Comerica because it's a bigger ballpark. Um, but at Fenway, he can he can hit some shots. You know, he can't pitch, right? Yeah. Well, you know, that's got to find somebody that, that does that. Right. And that's one thing about Boston is their rotation. I'm not saying they're beaten. I'm not saying they're their beating rotation Toronto. right now in the in the American League East, which might be the best division in baseball. Their rotation right now lines up with Nathan Avaldi, Nick Pavetta, Rich Hill, Michael Waka, and Tanner Huark, who I think were all painting houses last year. So it's. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> doesn't scare you, right? A, that is about as scary as uh, Manny being the ace, Rashad being the closer, and me being the uh, the inning eater, the the opener. We'll say we'll call it the opener. It's about as scary as Rashad's outfit today to record this podcast. Yeah, oh, that thing again. <laughs> well, I have to say, I'm loving Chapman so far. I mean, that first home run, it was impressive. It went uh, went deep, and um, he also had some spring good, training. Uh, John, slow your rolls. Training. I, just wait. My pessimism is coming. Just wait. You know, God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, he, he had a good eye. I mean, in his first game and then um, looked like him and uh, Bichette were already looking good on defense. But um, I'm always worried about the pitching with the Blue Jays. And I always um, that's always the big question mark for me. And how many times have they had big bats? And then they just they don't have the pitching to get them through an entire nine inning game without blowing a lead. So I'm very um, I'm cautiously optimistic about the Jays. I'll say that I'm way more optimistic than I have been in in previous seasons. Oh, man, that's a lot for John Rashad to say. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Seriously. Go see a doctor, John. Make sure you're okay. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire. And all of these questions are from the listener mailbag. And they all have to do with topics we've discussed. So first, in hockey, Lloyd from Delaware sent us a question about Maple Leafs GM Kyle Dubas calling out Blackhawks GM Kyle Davidson for leaking the potential trade involving Flurry and these two teams. Lloyd wants to know, is that fair or foul? You're an assistant GM there, Matt. Fair or foul? Look, Matt, uh, Kyle Davidson is brand new at the uh, getting the, the GM gig and not the, the interim uh, gig. I honestly don't know what he said about it or, or how he introduced it. So Kyle Dubas is basically saying that Davidson leaked it to Darren Drager, that it was Flurry and who's the guy who went to Tampa Bay? Uh, anyways, it, the deal on the table was Morazic, Nyes, and a first oh, rounder Hagel, right? for Flurry and Hagel. And Dubas is suggesting that Davidson was the one who leaked it to Dreger to said that this deal was on the table. You either do the deal or you don't do the deal, Kyle. It doesn't matter who's who's talking from behind. If he's if he doesn't think that he's getting enough from you in this deal that he thinks he's either got to go the media route to try to squash it or what. I mean, you really had, like we said at the beginning of the show, one goaltender to make a deal for. Uh, Either make the deal or you don't. Everybody plays the media game. 
I think you got a lot bigger things to worry about than than who's leaking deals if you're not making any, by the way, Kyle. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I agree that he's got bigger fish to fry, but I wonder if other GMs will be shy to make a deal with Chicago knowing that their GM leaks information out to the media. I, I think every- – For sure, and he- a lot of people. And this guy's brand new. Like he was, a, he was an intern basically, and and has worked his way up the Blackhawks organization, and was an interim general manager, and and is now the the full time gig. So uh, I'd assume he's well enough known around the league. Um, he's a young guy. He, he's uh, certainly got some some swag to him. I, I think he's certainly needs some time to play the game. So yeah, I would. I would absolutely be weary of, of doing any deals from him unless the deals that he's done over the last little bit blow up in his face. Then you could call him and take advantage of him. You know what? I'm not usually a conspiracy theorist, but what do you think of this? Kyle Dubas doesn't do anything that's going to make his fan base happy. So then he goes and says, ah, he leaked. The other guy leaked the deal to the media. He was the one talking to Darren Dreger, not me. That's what I think you do right there. You, you try and... Uh, Put this on the other guy when you haven't done anything. So, so the fan base is upset that they didn't get Flurry. So Dubis at the news conference says, "I've never dealt with this before that somebody has leaked this information that way." Yeah, that's what I think. That's why I didn't get. Here's him. the quote: "I'm disappointed that the conversation is public. I've never had that before, where the specifics like that have been made public." Frankly, it's probably something to ask Kyle Davidson at his availability. That's Kyle Dubas, quote unquote. Uh, again, Kyle Dubas, if this is the way that you're saving your job or trying to justify the team that you're going to be putting on the ice in the playoffs, it's a good thing you're renting and didn't buy. Another hockey question. Lawrence and Strathroy is asking about the Claude Giroux trade to Strathroy. Florida. He wants like Strathroy <laughs> questions. Here we go. That's that's right. He wants to know whether the Panthers are Stanley Cup bound. I'm just impressed that it's uh, this guy's from Strathroy, and it's a legitimately intelligent question. <laughs> <laughs> per capita, Strathroy has the smartest <laughs> hockey fans in Canada. Per capita. <laughs> there might be five people who live in the town, but I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Come on. The, the Panthers, uh, the big thing for the Panthers is that Aaron Ekblad injury. He got hurt yeah. yet again. I think that's a huge factor in how far they go. I love the Giroux move. Um they didn't have to give up as much as what Tampa Bay gave up to get a couple of depth no, forwards. So I love the move for Florida Panthers. I, I love them getting Ben Sherrod. I think he's going to be really tough to play against in the playoffs. I'm a little bit concerned about how serious that injury is to Ekblad. But um, this could be the Panthers' year if that injury is not serious. You look at the path to the, the Stanley Cup, or at least to the conference finals, if you're looking at the Florida Panthers, and, and what, a, what a journey this is going to be for anybody in that Eastern Conference. So right now, as we record, they would get Washington in the first round. Uh, they then get the winner of the Tampa Bay-Toronto series. They get through that. They're likely playing uh, by standings Toronto. Carolina, although the New York Rangers are, are going to be uh, – uh, 
making a run for it. Uh, just just ask Mia Manny at two thirty in the morning on a Sunday. Uh, but uh, you know, the, so if ultimately you have to go through Florida, Tampa, and Carolina to win the conference, and then you might be waiting for Colorado. Uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals, zhoosh, you, you you deserve the Stanley Cup that year if that's the road that they can take. That's why the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win in all of sports. Ooh. But you need Ekblad to face yeah. Ovechkin, to face a Matthews or a Kucherov or, yeah. or take your pick in Carolina, right? There's so many weapons yeah. there. And yeah. then in Colorado, you have to face that. Uh, I do like Florida's team. You know, you bring up the Rangers. I wish they made a bigger splash. They've got the best goalie in the league. Mm-hmm. You don't like the Andrew Kopp deal? I like it. Do, do mm. I think it puts them over the top? I don't know. Braden Hunt is going to put him over the top. He was great. That much. He was great. What a, what a stud. Against Tampa. I, you know, if, I was playing, if I was playing fantasy hockey right now and trying to beat Andrew Sykes, who was dropping six guys a day, I would be picking up Braden Hunt <laughs> instantly. Would you trade Johnny Goodrow for him? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> we have a question from Elijah in Sandusky, Ohio, who's a Browns fan. Ooh, he wants to know Ohio. <laughs> he so, wants to know where we listener, listener map here. We're going to Delaware, Strathroy, and Sandusky. Wow, you're picking some good that's ones pretty, here, John. That's a pretty good journey yeah. so far. All right, continue. Sorry, Sorry John. And uh, we're we're going out west for the next one too. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Elijah wants to know uh, where we think Baker Mayfield will end up after Cleveland traded for Watson. Who need- not as long as it's not Joey in Calgary again. We hear from that guy all the time. Uh, uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Seattle for where Baker Mayfield lands. I think Seattle needs a quarterback. So yeah. I'm going to go there. Carolina needs something too. Yep. Atlanta got and both teams too. Similar styles, right? Yeah. Like the, that's the kind of quarterback that they like is the way that Baker plays. I, I, so I, those are easy. I think Seattle is the. Uh, I think Seattle is the um, the good bet there. Uh, I saw Marcus Mariota sign in Atlanta after they dealt Matt Ryan, so they don't need anybody. I think Seattle's a safe bet. And so here is a big question that many Blue Jays fans are excited about. Bowie in Calgary <laughs> wants to know. No. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, they're going to be good. I get it. <laughs> Bowie. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Bowie and Calgary. (laughs) He wants to know if they're going to be not just the team to beat in the AL East, but the entire American League. And we kind of touched on it. I think I think they could very well be. Are they your team to beat? If if I'm a Blue Jay fan in the American League, it's disappointing to me if this team does not win the American League. A hundred percent agree. Although Carlos Correa signing in Minnesota. Crazy deal. I don't get that, by the way. But that is a great deal for everyone but the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> great deal. Look, Minnesota's going to have something to say in the Central against the White Sox, but I think the Blue Jays are better than both of those teams. And we have another listener submission for Pump It or Dump It. Don't you know, Pump It Up? This is from Joanne in Dauphin, Manitoba. Wow, I know people who've lived in Dauphin. Do you know Joanne? I'm going to ask my wife if she knows Joanne because my wife lived in Dauphin for a while. Uh, Joanne says we don't do enough country music on this podcast. So here we go. (laughs) 
That song is called Beers on Me by Dirk Bentley, featuring Breland and Hardy. So for Joanne, pump it or dump it. You know, I just got another notification on that lightning goal. I, uh, th- that wasn't live, though, guys. <laughs> I realize that. Was... <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, this, I don't like it right now. Uh, maybe it'll grow on me, but I don't like it right now. I think there's a reason we don't have a lot of country submissions. Yeah. Have we liked one yet? <laughs> no, I don't think I we don't have. think so. But you know what? But you know what, Joanne? Uh oh. This ugh, this is not the worst song I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Um, is it sweet but it was, psycho? Is it as good as Sweet But Psycho by Ava <laughs> Max? Cow, cowboy, our boy Cowboy, one of our most avid listeners out in California, loves that song. <laughs> and he's going to be on in a couple weeks. And uh, the first, he's got, a, he's got a lot, he's got a lot he's got to say to us. So. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he say it was the best song of the last five years or something? He's been storing, he's been storing some stuff up. So that'll be a good one. He'll future OT guest. Curtis the Cowboy talking about the, the Kentucky Derby. John, do you like Joanne's uh, song? Um, I don't mind it. I like Dirk Spentley, but I don't think this is Dirk Spentley's best song. But it's it's not bad. I'm okay with it. I'll give it a slight pump. <laughs> I, I don't know the, the images in my head with John's wearing this outfit, and he says slight pump. Has just put me over the edge. I'm sorry. He had to do it with his hands on his hips, too. Go back to college, and it's like you're making out with the person before the ugly lights come on. You're like, okay, this isn't too bad. But you're just, you're worried about the ugly lights coming on. That's all. <laughs> the body motion did it for me when he said slight pump. <laughs> I was, uh, I was going to suggest this was good, like good campfire song. Maybe, you know, you're, you're uh, tailgating or something like that. And you, you, that that's a good one. But uh, sorry, Joanne, <laughs> we, we're, this was starting to build some momentum. And then uh, <laughs> I'm crying. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might change my mind. <laughs> I didn't realize that uh, Ron Jeremy was a co-host of this show, but he's going to give it a slight pump. That's the name of his new movie. <laughs> Remember to follow us on social media for more debate and great content. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for, for, for future considerations on Facebook as well. Are we done? Is yeah. that a John? Do I don't know. I have no idea. If we've got a, I've got a show list in front of me, it's gone. You can also uh, send us your questions, comments, and topics by email at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Okay. We should shave a little bit for shot. Just a little bit. <laughs> Put some pants on. Oh. <laughs>
Oh, man. Okay. We promise we're not done yet. We're going to get it together. Stay tuned. (laughs) We will have a second episode later this week, and we will chat with former OHLer (laughs) Michael Durazio. He will talk about his hockey journey in the OHL, in the CIS, and playing in Europe, too. So stay tuned for that interview coming up on the OT. Yeah, we want to thank our sponsors as well. I don't know what you guys are thinking. London awnings, quality <laughs> that shows. Shane Tabalovic and Next Level Athletics and Windsor specializing in sport training and nutrition. When he's not on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm sorry for all that, okay? Thanks for listening. I'll be better next time. We'll talk to you later this week on the OT for the next edition of Four Future Considerations. Bye for now. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.